in mind what I read with this uh, to us out of uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 3, and then uh, the statement of the best is yet to come, which is a very biblical statement. It's, it's in God's heart that we always advance, that we grow, that we uh, get stronger. And as I have prayed about, you know, what, you know, what do I say here today that might stir us up in a deeper way than just at the top of our heads. I think that that video is fun to watch and it was a lot of fun and, uh, uh, and so forth. But I really felt like the Lord dropped this uh, uh, two or three words on my heart, actually two or three major points. And so you'll get some notes here in just a minute and uh, I just they come with the warning of if I don't follow them, don't worry about it. Take them home and read them, and they'll bless you. Uh, but uh, I want to just share some things that uh, it's almost like they need to be caught, not taught. How, how, how do I catch things? How do things really resonate inside of me? I'm so used to be taught being I'm so used to being taught in the mind that it's hard for me sometimes to catch things in the spirit. But that's what I want us to do today. I want to catch something in the spirit today so that we can walk away really, as the Bible says, as a transformed person. And so uh, let me ask you this question here. How, how, many, how many have maybe a prayer or a promise or a vision or a dream or a desire that has not come to pass yet? I, we probably could all raise our hand, I, I think, and just, you know, yeah, that's true. There's some bigger desires and bigger prayers and, you know, for whatever they might be. Um, and so recently I asked God, I said, you know, why does it take so long sometimes for things to materialize? Why, God, does it take so long for some things to be answered. And, and we wait for years and years and years. And, and so I thought, well, the most spiritual thing to do would be to Google it. <laughs> and so I did, okay? I did. I, I, I actually Googled uh, this. How many people, or hey Siri, I better not say that. My phone will kick off. Look at it, it just did. It just started. We are being watched. Just in case she says I'm not telling the truth, we'll turn that off. Uh, I said, hey, I said, isn't that funny? You can just sit in a room in a group of the people and say that, and it'll, it'll, it'll do that. We're experiencing that. What did I say? I said, why does some, or I said, how many people in the Bible had to wait a long time for the promises of God to come to pass? And, and up popped this huge list. And so let me just give you the, the bad news, okay? There were a lot. There were a lot. But here's the good news on that, okay? Is that, uh, that they all became better people. Siri didn't say this, I'm saying it, okay? They all became better people, stronger and more effective through it and some even got a name change. It was just such a life transformation. And we're not going to start giving anybody new names here. But what that does represent is a change sometimes of character. You know, it was a change of faith. For Abraham, it was a change of faith, right? Because his, his name was Abram, which meant the father of one. And God says, okay, I'm going to call you Abraham, which means the father of many. And so something took place and transformed 
him inside and, 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 and concerning the promises of God. And, and I, I guess, you know, the, the, the Romans 4.19, listen to what it says about Abraham. Because I think it's, it's important for us to maybe read this in the context. And Abraham, remember this happened in the Old Testament, thousands of years earlier. Now we're in the New Testament, and Paul... The apostle is teaching uh, the church at Rome, and he's saying, and Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. So, so he made this statement that, wow, this is, <laughs> we're just as good as dead. This, how could this promise that I'm going to be, remember years earlier, you're going to be the father of many. And now here's 100 years later, 75 years later technically, 75 years later, uh, it all begins to happen for him. And now today, he's actually known to most of us, most of us believers today would be he's the father of faith. He's the father of faith, and we look to him as that. But it took a long time for that to happen. But something developed inside of him, and as you research the different ones, even Moses, Moses went through uh, three sets of 40 years to finally come to the place where he was able to deliver Israel. And it was just an amazing thing. God, God made him a deliverer. He tried to do it his own way. Remember, he killed the Egyptian and, and tried to do it his own way, and that failed, and so it took him a little, on a little journey. He came back a different person, had an encounter with God, and God was able to tell him, this is how we're going to do it, Moses. We're not going to do it your way. Right promise, right calling, but the wrong way. And so now he works through him on these 80-some years to get him to the place and the position where the will of God could, in fact, be fulfilled in and through his life. You see, God's not just interested in just you doing something for him. He's interested in you personally fulfilling that deep ingrained purpose that you were created for. The Bible says that you were created and shaped in your mother's womb very intricately. He, put, he gave you your personality then. He gave you, uh, he gave you your desires then. He gave you your purpose then. And, and, and that's what he did while you were still in your mother's womb. You're not an accident. You're a creation of God. And, and he made you that way. And, and yet sometimes we jump out and we want to see that happen. And we jump out on our own route. And it doesn't happen. And we become very frustrated. But God wants to take us, I think, this morning on a small journey to maybe get us away from uh, where we started and where he wants us to end. Because I find that it's easy for some people just to decide to give up. I guess it's just never going to happen. I'm just going to give up on what God has said. And that's the, the, really the last thing that we want to do, amen? We want to fulfill the complete will and the purpose of God. Let me give you uh, three things as, as far as what a kingdom person is. And a kingdom person is, is a person that's born again. You've received Christ. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is now in you. Let me give you three mandates from God about that particular person. Number one, and it was mentioned this morning uh, by Patricia, that we are to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. It's really easy for me to just say, do, uh, to ask you, do you love God? Everyone in this room probably would say yes. But my question is, is do you do it the way that he wants you to do it? Are you doing it the way that it should be done? Are you doing it with all of your heart. 
or maybe just a part of it? Are you doing it with all of your soul, which is your mind, your will, and emotions? Or have you left that part out? Are you doing it with all your strength? Are you doing it with every, your whole mind? You know, how are we really doing this? It's a mandate. Love the Lord your God. He, he, he compacted all of the Old Testament law and prophets down to those two statements. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, everything about you. And then the second one, and the second of the third mandate, three mandates is love your neighbor as yourself. And I, I wonder this morning, how, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? Have we completely gotten to the place where we could avoid our neighbors, or are we really loving our neighbors and loving the people that are around us and the people that we cross paths with and on a regular basis? Maybe we work with them, and God gave you the ability to do what you do, and now you work with them. What are you doing with it? Are you doing something with it? Maybe you're a neighbor to them. Are you doing something? Maybe you shop in the same place. Are we doing something with that? Or do we just believe it in our mind? Are you with me? Is everybody with me? I mean, and this is a challenge. I hope it digs every one of us just a little bit deeper because as Tyler was saying, something's happening around the world. And for us to miss it would be totally uh, a total mistake. It would be like the Pharisees missing Jesus when he walked on the earth. I'm telling you, there's something that's happen, happening everywhere. Uh, I just was talking to Pastor Freck from the Harvest Church, and uh, he had just gotten back from the Philippines, and he said that it was the most amazing revival he'd ever experienced going there. There were like 30,000 people in a stadium, and he said some 4,000 of them came forward to receive Christ. He said, he said, man, I've been there a lot. He goes there all the time. I've never seen anything like it. And so there's just so many things that are happening it's absolutely phenomenal. The third thing, the third mandate that we all have is that we would introduce people to Jesus. We'd introduce people to Jesus. It wasn't, uh, you, know, uh, you know, it wasn't a suggestion, as they say, but it was really a mandate for us to do that. And if you think about it, if somebody's going to be born again by somebody else's uh, introducing them to Jesus, it's really going to be somebody that's born again doing that. And, 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 and look at in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. And, and I'm saying this because I want to prepare us for that harvest that without doubt is starting to come. It's starting to flood the earth. The Bible says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, how many could really agree that the enemy has come in like a flood? Can, can we really agree with that? Can we say, we look out there and we say, wow, yeah, it's, it's not only never been this bad, it's never come quite this quick. I mean, it's every day there's something new popping up, and the enemy is going to come in <clears throat> like a flood, but the Bible says, but the Lord is going to raise up a standard against it. Come on. Come on, this is awesome. He's going to raise, we don't have to fear, he's going to raise up a standard. The only thing you have to fear is to know the fact that you're the standard that he's raising up. Come on because he's already put the power in you. He's already put it there. But see, we don't have to fear. But he's doing this thing. And, and, and other people read it like this. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Lord's going to raise up a standard. And either way, it reads fine with me. 
But we do know that he's coming in like a flood, and we want to be well-equipped for that. Now listen to 2 Corinthians 5.20. And then, because really, we're all called to be an ambassador. Um, your, 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 your new King James would call this number three, go and make disciples. But I think we've kind of heard that so much that it kind of just goes right over our head. Yep, we're supposed to do it. And we walk out the door, and we don't do it. So I'm changing it up here. I want you to begin to introduce people to Jesus uh, in your life. Because I, I promise you one thing, and I don't know how to quite say this in a way you can receive it, but I promise you, when you get to heaven, everything else you now like is going to be meaningless. But won't, what won't be meaningless is somebody that you introduce to Jesus Christ. It's just just the bottom line, and and I want that to sink into my heart and into my spirit so I can fulfill this. It says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to Christ. So it's as if he's pleading through you to people. You're not the one doing the pleading, you're just sharing. You're just talking to them. Uh, the, the word is reconciliation. You have the ministry of reconciliation, and that's simply introducing somebody to somebody else. An ambassador <clears throat> is one who is a person in another country that represents another country. I think we all know what an ambassador is. We've heard about a lot of that lately in the news. <clears throat> but that's what he's calling us as an ambassador. You're to introduce, you're representing the kingdom of God. Why? Because it's now in you. Listen to this out of the, uh, the Passion Translation. We are ambassadors of the anointed one <clears throat> who carries the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to him. Wow. Wow. He's tenderly. I want you to pick up on that word, tenderly. We're just sharing who Christ is. We're talking to people about him. We're opening the door for that. I, I just believe in, 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 in what I'm going to call this morning supernatural randoms. Supernatural randoms. Two weeks ago, I get a call from a lady uh, who uh, says, hey, you, you guys, your, your church ministered to our family uh, a number of years ago, and, and, and we, we live here in Overland Park, and we're going to be downsizing our home and moving into a kind of a villa thing, and, and we don't have room for a grand piano, a baby grand piano, and I, and I felt like God wanted me to give it to you guys. You see it over there? There's a baby grand piano, just out of the random blue. And I just thought, you know, the most important part was we helped her family. We helped her family. And, and, and oftentimes we don't see that. We minister to people and we never see the results of it. You remember the time the lady came to one church service here, one church service, and left, called me later that week and said, hey, I want to I pay for your sign out front. I'm like, Really? Several grand. She says, yeah, I'm going to sell my house. It's right down the road here. I remember seeing it once she said it. I, I right down. Well, as soon as it sells, I'm buying that sign for you. I thought, wow, that's amazing. Just random things that happen uh, that take place. Recently, okay, Patricia's driving down the road. 
9 o'clock at night, I think. It's dark, okay? Right down 159th Street. She's at the red light, I think, at the Red Door place. And the Red Door restaurant there. She's at the, a lady rolls down the window and says, hey, uh, my dog wants to say hi to you. <laughs> Random opportunities, as I said. Hey, my dog wants to say hi to you. She rolls down the back window on her car. Patricia doesn't say hi to the dog, but the dog, you know, uh, wags his tail or whatever, didn't talk, okay? We were disappointed. But anyway, and so they get this conversation. It's a labradoodle like ours. And, and, and in the conversation, they're at the red light when all this is happening. <laughs> at the conversation, come to find out that she actually got this dog from the same breeder that we got ours, which is out of, the, out of town somewhere. And, and, and it's just a crazy thing. So Patricia says, pull over, we'll talk. So they pull over and they talk in the parking lot. Patricia gives her a card uh, with her, her, our church card and says, hey, uh, let's get together. Let's, let's get our dogs together sometime. <laughs> Quite the conversation, I guess. <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> Random opportunities. But the, the gal comes over day before yesterday, and they're outside, and the dogs are just having so much fun. And finally, the lady says, hey, she's, I think she's about 24 years old. She's engaged to get married and so forth. She, she said, you know, I'm a Muslim, and I just went to a Christian church for the first time last Sunday. And she says, I noticed that you're, 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 you lead a church too. And so she opened the conversation and was able to share with this girl about Christ. Now, the relationship's going to be ongoing. This has just happened. This is hot off the press. But this is those random, supernatural randoms that take place that I want every one of us to begin to be much more aware of. Much more aware of. Who's God bringing around you? And when they ask you if your dog can say hi, just say yes. Might be the same gal, you know, <laughs> and she'll get in another believer. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, this type of thing is happening around the world, and I just don't want us to be a part of those that miss that type of a situation. When the Holy Spirit begins to move, it happens in random ways. But I want us to be tuned into it. You know, my neighbor told me that he was at Walmart the other day. I told you this story. And he said, some guy just came up, and uh, he went and ministered to him, and then the guy ended up praying for him. And it's like, wow, it's just in Walmart. <clears throat> and it's just a random, hey, God told me to do this. And so I, I think it's, it's, it's happening around us. Let's not miss it. Let's not miss it. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through uh, 19. Therefore, <clears throat> how many will give me five more minutes? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll do this quick, but I want you to listen to this. I want, I want you to hear this, okay? Ephesians 1, 15 through 19. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, speaking to a church that he just took over as the pastor. He was traveling around, stopped in Ephesus. A church needed a pastor. He took it for three years. So now he's speaking to them. For all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, I'm making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit 
of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. If I've seen one thing that's lacking today in, in believers that I talk to around is that very thing right there. They know about God, but they don't know God. They know about him, but they don't know that they can have this intimate revelation or unveiling or revealing, God revealing himself to us. They don't recognize that. So it just becomes quickly a go-to-church religion. But God's after so much more than that. And the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is what? The hope of his calling. He wants you to know that. You will be frustrated. It's just like when you're unsaved. If you remember, when you're unsaved, there's a hole in your heart that's not full. I guarantee everybody that you know that isn't saved has that hole. There's an empty spot there because it can only be filled by Christ. Okay, so just as sure as that is, it's the same thing with you once you become born again. He activates your calling. And this is what he's saying here. He says that you have a hope and excitement and anticipation, what? Of his calling. What are the riches of, uh, of the glory of his inheritance? Where does it say that his inheritance is? In the saints. And you know what that really is? You know, the glory of God has many meetings. But one of the, the, the strongest meanings that we see in the scripture, and I don't know if this word's acceptable to you today, okay, it kind of wasn't in my head, but I think it's okay. I'm not going to cuss, okay, relax. <laughs> but the thing of the glory is like having the aura of God, or the presence of God, or the felt presence, the manifest presence of God around you, because you're carrying it. And that's what he's saying. He said, hey, I want you to know about this glory, this glory that is in the saints. It's part of your inheritance, remember? And, and we need to understand that. And what is the exceeding greatness, what, of his power toward us who believe according to his mighty power? And I'm thinking, man, how many of us walk around totally missing the fact that you've got a stick of dynamite inside of you as a believer. You've got a power inside of you that he speaks of that is literally the glory of God, the aura of God, the sense of God that hopefully people begin to pick up on. I put on your notes there four different words that he uses in that verse that I just read to you. I'm not going to go through it, but four times, uh, four times, and, and one theologian says this about it. It says, while I have made a modest attempt to differentiate these four words, Paul is using them to drive home our conscious, in our consciousness, the reality of God's power. It's as if as he's using four blows of a hammer to speak God's power to make sure that we get it. Do we get it? Are you getting it? Are you experiencing the power that we're told that is in us as a believer? Because if I don't, then guess what I do? I put a lamp over it, a lampshade over it. And we know what the scripture talks about that. Now look at this here. The emphasis here is not just that God is powerful himself, but that he is powerful toward those who believe. He's powerful toward you. 
who believe. He's powerful towards you. He wants to release that power. And again, I can only say, and I don't have time to go into the Old Testament, the time that the power of God and the presence of God was so powerful that people literally fell over dead when they got into his presence. And I'm thinking he's put a little bit of that in each one of us. And we have this opportunity to go around and share it. But man, if I don't know it, if I don't think about it, then I'm just going to get caught up in the daily life. And it's going to be case sera, and the day's going to fly by, and I'm never going to anticipate some random opportunity or an opportunity for me to step into for me to do what? To share God's aura or to share God's glory with people. I'm going to miss it completely. There's not going to be a sensitivity there. In other words, what Paul's saying is is that I'm praying that you would have another dimension of vision. You'd be able to see things differently than what you're seeing them now. That's what he's praying. I want the eyes of you to understand. I want the knowledge of him to come to pass. I want this thing to be real to you. It needs to be real to us. Paul wrote uh, to the church uh, about this repeatedly. Let me read this. I wrote this down. God has things lined up, listen to this, for our generation, but so often we only see the circumstances where circumstances appear to be against us, against our family, our business, our community, or our nation. We sometimes feel like it's hard to even get through to a deeper level with God because we're so focused on all that. And that's the danger of focusing more on that than on this. When you focus on this, all of what Paul's talking about begins to come alive. All of a sudden now, I'm beginning to see differently. I have a new dimension of seeing. And, and, and it's, it's, it's interesting that as we, as we journey through this year, I, I believe God's going to call us, you, me, out to a deeper level of our relationship with him. It's going to be more real than it's ever been before. He's going to prepare you in the mornings for these random opportunities that are going to pop up around you. And what, you don't, what we don't want to do is just to walk right past them. You know what I mean? Just walk right past them. I'm just so busy. I'm flying right past all these things. I'm racing. I mean, if, if it can happen at a stoplight where a lady just rolls. And says, she had to feel dumb. My dog wants to say hi to you. Is she talking to the dog? I don't know, you know. I'm just thinking, looking at this, and I'm thinking, man, that's just such, a, such an open door. And now the gal's heard the gospel and is going to hear it again. All with the covering of the dog saying hi. It's crazy, but it's real. That God's going to begin to capture people's hearts and captures their attention. But it's so easy for us to tabulate Maybe some good things and many more bad things around us while we express our concern over all the negative issues, we're barely missing the real issue. And that is, what is God saying to you? What is God saying today? Is God saying the best is yet to come? Is God saying that? He is, isn't he? He's not done yet. There's still people that don't know him yet. There's still people out there that he wants you and I to introduce him to and to take that opportunity. And I, I just I just so stirred my heart about this that we're concerning ourselves with some of the wrong things. 
even in the fact of how it comes to you. Let me just say this really clear. There's different ways that we hear God. There's some people that get dreams. Some people get visions like movies. Some people get pictures. Some people just simply get impressions. And if I took a, a toll here this morning, all of you, there'd be a, probably a few in every category. So don't get hung up on how somebody does it. Find out how you do it. How do you best hear God? How do you best see Him? How do you best experience His presence so that you can begin to walk in that? I think of the, the story in 2 Kings where you remember the story with Elisha. We, we read it before. I talked to it, I think, not too long ago about it where Elisha uh, comes out of the tent and his servant comes out of his tent with him. And, and, and the army's around about to destroy him. Okay? And, and, and I, I have the verse here. I want you to see it in just a second. The army's about to destroy him and the servant says, Man, we're doomed, Elisha. <laughs> Let's get on our horses and ride. Let's get out of this thing, man. We are doomed. It's all going to hell now. We've just been, we're, we're surrounded. Look at that. And listen to what Elisha did. And I think this is what I believe that God wants some of you to capture this morning is this very verse in uh, 2 Kings chapter 16 and 17. It says, then the scripture says, after that conversation, Elisha prayed for the Lord to open his servant's eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened his eyes, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And I thought, wow, we need to start seeing like that. You need to look out there and realize that the, even if it was just the angels without God, there's two to one good one to one bad one. Come on. Only a third fell from heaven. But we got to look around here, and we need to see things as they really are. I agree with that. But we got to immediately look to Christ and say, God, what do you want to do? Show me your army. What do you want to do? I'm, I, I got the, remember the glory is where? Inside of us. The power is in you. He's already distributed that into you. And he says, when you share with people, it's like you're the mouth and the, the voice of God to them. Which I just want to tell you right now, if, if I didn't get saved until I was 21. And when the voice of God starts coming to you, it comes. You can't avoid it. You can't run from it. And he's saying, you have that ability and you have that power to share that way. And I'm thinking, man, Lord, how, how are we going to do this? Well, he's going to help us. Will you put your hand out in front of you for just a second? Just put it right in front of you. Come on, everybody put it in front of you. Now pull up that scripture, if you would, that next scripture. Look at this here. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is where? At hand. It's right there. You can see your hand. You can touch your hand. It's right there. Where's the kingdom of God? It's right there. It says it's already here. It's right here. So we're maybe looking for something that's already here, and we should be living in the kingdom with the king's domain ruling inside of us and ruling out there. Come on. He wants you to take out there. and He says the gates of hell are not going to prevail against you. You're going to destroy those gates, and you're going to make a door open for people that, that are far from God to get to Christ. Come on, we're going to introduce it to them. It's going to be a light in their pathway. It's going to be a, a, an open door for them. But we've got to do it. We've got that commission. Remember, I read it, three things that we should do, three mandates that every believer, every one of us has that. 
And I think if you would put your focus on there, the Bible says if I seek first the kingdom of God, everything else that's an issue in my life would be taken care of. Seek first the kingdom. I got to put that as a priority. I can't let it be second. It has to be first. Jack Hayford says this here. Very well-known speaker, if you haven't heard of him. One of the leading pastors in America, actually. Uh, uh, he's, uh, he's up in his 90s now, but he's still going. He says this here. It says, we live in the hour of his divinely appointed visitation. We will not succumb to the doubts or despair. We lament the sin in our culture and in our country, but we will not be charmed into faithlessness by it. Rather, we are to be gripped by the conviction that a turnaround is inevitable if only we agree in prayer. Wow. Something happened. This is a man who has served Christ faithfully for many years. Coming across with the word. Let me just give you the four points that are on your notes and, and I'll wrap it up this morning. I appreciate, appreciate your, your patience in this thing. But I, I just feel like this is what, if, if we can walk away from this, I'll, I'll <clears throat> talk some more next week. But this is how do we enter into this decade? Everybody's calling it, we're not entering into a new year, we're entering into a decade. We're starting a new small group thing, which I'm asking and we'll be asking every one of you to consider getting into. It's just a five-week study, and the title of it will be uh, You in Five Years. And it'll be a motivating, fun process of really finding out, man, yeah, this is, a, this is how, this is how I'm going to get there. I'm going to look back in five years and, and be sorry. I'm going to look back and it's going to be glorious. But how do we enter this decade? decade? Let me just give you uh, these four points. Number one, acknowledge what God is doing. Acknowledge what God is doing. Do you know what he's doing? Do you see what he's doing, or do all you see is what we just talked about, the sin around us? Ephesians says, always give thanks for every person he brings into your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acknowledge what he's doing around you and become a person of that. Number two, examine your faith and your expectancy. How's your faith this morning? What are you expecting? What are we expecting? And, and uh, in Isaiah, and, and Isaiah prophesied to the, the Israelites this uh, uh, thousand years ago. He said this to them. He said, increase is coming. Increase is coming. So enlarge your tent. And this was at a bad time for Israel. He's prophesying ahead. And I'm really prophesying this to you this morning. Increase is coming to the household of faith. So enlarge your tent. Add to, uh, add extensions to your dwelling. Hold nothing back. Make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. You will increase and spread out in every direction. Your sons and your daughters will conquer nations and revitalize the desolate cities. How many think how many can believe that God really can revitalize a desolate city? Now, I just think about San Francisco, close to where I grew up. I have a hard time. I, I, I would struggle with that. But you know something? i got to get this prophetic word inside of my spirit. 
or I will never speak life into that with what my connection is. I'll just sit back and think it's impossible. Or, you know, case to Ross, I live in, you know, I'm in Kansas. I'm a long way from there. That's nice. That place is a mess. It's a mess at large proportions. It started being a mess when I lived there. It, is, it's, it really is. But guess what? We will conquer nations. We will revitalize cities. And it's time for the church to rise up. God's calling us up to do that now. We've got to quit thinking that we're the tail and not the head. We've got to quit thinking that somehow the, the enemy's going to win. Can I just tell you this? A defeated enemy cannot win. <laughs> right? He cannot win. This should stir courage in me so I can go out into that jungle with courage and begin to look for these random opportunities. So how's your faith? How's your expectancy? Number three, <clears throat> pray faith prayers. Pray faith prayers. For this reason, I urge you boldly, believe for whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. How many really that scripture bugs you sometimes? <laughs> it does me. I'm like, really, honestly, come on, God. But you know something? Every prayer God hears. And it's time that I step up to the plate again and begin to really believe that or I'll stop praying. Right? I'll quit praying. Quit praying. That's what I love about Judy and Jim. Years into ministry and they're still praying. They're still believing. They're praying for this church. They're praying for people around the world. Are you praying prayers of faith or have you been weakened by whatever? And the fourth and the last thing is to give like never before. Give like, I'm talking about your money. It's your, cho it's your money, it's your choice, but I want to read this to you because the, the 67,000, if we're going to double that next year, everybody's going to have to jump in on it. But I'll tell you what, God's going to open the windows of heaven so that that's possible, and you'll be surprised once you step into the water. Listen to this. Mark 4, 10, 28, and I'll close with this. I'll do my best to close with this. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. <laughs> Does that sound like some of, something you might have said? <laughs> God, I left everything to follow you. I remember when I, after I got saved, I remember I sold everything and put everything I did own in my funky old station wagon and drove to Portland to go to Bible college. <laughs> and I felt like I gave it all for him. Uh, there wasn't much there, believe me. But listen to what the response is. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one has left his home or his brother or his sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel. It will, will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Now listen, that's a 10,000% return, I think. <laughs> And uh, this is Jesus' words. I'm just quoting him. You won't receive that. Uh, you'll receive that much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children's fields, along with persecutions. You will have some of those. And in the age to come, eternal life. So everything that I give not only affects and will affect me here, but it also affects eternity. And I'm thinking, God, you're just trying to be so clear with us. But if I hoard everything for myself, if I don't consider the, 
amount of people that are really hurting. You're blessed to live in America. Can I just tell you that right now? You're very blessed to live in America. And it, it, we have to be thankful for that. We've got to say, God, thank you. But he's just saying, man, you leave it all. I'm going to, re- I'm going to take care of you. And my challenge to us is going to be this year. So let's, let's double what we did. And I think once we just make that determination that God will open up the windows of heaven, you will see it come in. It'll be so miraculous. It'll be amazing. <laughs> Can anybody say a loud amen to that one? If you say it even louder, I'll quit right now. Can you say amen to that? All right, you guys, I knew that. I didn't have my meter, so I couldn't tell if that was louder. All right, bow your heads. I'm going to pray for you. I know I gave you a lot to chew on this morning, but I'm telling you, we are entering into the most exciting decade that we will ever face, and I want to enter into it as a victor, not (laughs) as a loser. And so, Father, this morning, we thank you that the word is very clear about the day that we live in. It's very clear about each one of our lives, how you created each one of us for a very unique purpose. And and I, I pray this morning that, Lord, as we have heard your word, that as Paul said, we'd have a new dimension of seeing, new dimension of understanding in our spirit that we've never had before. And that we would begin to even do what Paul prayed for the Ephesian church, have new understanding. Lord, bless us as we progress this year. We say yes and amen to all of your promises. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. And everybody said.